0: Life with a covert narcissist. Boy, those words, they hold so much meaning in them. Anyone who has lived this knows what I'm saying in those simple words. Life with a covert narcissist. As I've explained so many times in these episodes, it's not the normal path of give and take. Mutual reconciliation, mutual respect and courtesy. It's a very one-sided relationship. One with you doing all the work, all the work for two individuals, carrying all the weight of the relationship, all the while being blamed for anything and everything that goes wrong and even being blamed for not doing anything to help the situation while you are wearing yourself out trying to make things better. To say it's exhausting does not even come close to describing how you feel. It is impossible to even put these feelings into words. Bone dry, nothing left in the tank exhaustion, completely drained mentally, emotionally, spiritually, not knowing where else to turn. Many turn to marriage counseling. Maybe it's in hope that someone can actually help, that someone can, can help you kind of figure out this puzzle and, and this situation that you're in. Maybe it's one final step of trying everything you can to save the marriage. Maybe it's even pressure from the covert narcissist to go, or from your family and your friends. And marriage counseling can be incredibly helpful and productive when you are dealing with two normal range, healthy, mutually invested individuals. But here you are dealing with one passive-aggressive, manipulative, self-serving individual and one exhausted, internally beaten-down, self-doubting individual. This creates a very different scenario. And the marriage counselor may not realize this at all and unintentionally add to the confusion. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and today we're going to hear from one of my group members who wants to share her story about marriage counseling with you. I know that you will benefit from hearing her experiences, so let's get started. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. So we have a uh, one of our members here that's going to help uh, help explain her situation of what she went through with counseling with a covert narcissist, and so I'd like to welcome her. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks, glad to be here.
0: So uh, we'd love to to hear your story and what what you can share with us. So you've been through uh, counseling that involved a covert narcissist. Yes. Okay. What kind of counseling was this? Marriage counseling.
1: Uh, yes, I did go through marriage counseling, and also my daughter was going through some things at school and was going through counseling that the counselor chose to bring my ex into. So, two kind of us different situations. Bit? Okay, Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. My daughter was in middle school and going through some counseling. We had probably uh, been going about six months or so, and I say we. She was in there. The counselor would call me in periodically to get some feedback on different things. Um, at some point the counselor asked for, or the therapist asked for, um, my ex to come in. We were married at the time. Um, he came in for the counseling session. We all were sitting in a room and a lot of the things she had built up over six plus months, um, the loyalty and trust she had built up with a marriage. I mean, with a counselor, um, he turned everything back on her my daughter, blaming her, um, saying it was her attitude, just different things like that. Uh, very hurtful, very, um, I mean, it still to this day brings back a a terrible memory. I can remember the day, um, we walked out of the session and just kind of looked at her like, what in the world just happened? We were both in tears. We both sat in the car and she, she, we never went back. We absolutely never went back. Everything she had built up, the loyalty, the trust, everything with this therapist totally went out the window in five minutes. Wow.
0: And the to this day, I'm believe, sorry. Do the therapist believe
1: uh, your husband? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's very good. Very good at what he does. That's, that's how they operate. Very manipulative, very passive, aggressive, but Just the words, he was able to turn things back on her. And she was a middle schooler. Of course, she had a little attitude. Of course, she had a little spunk. Of course, she would talk back sometimes. She was in middle school. She was being bullied at school. Things were going on. A lot of things were reactive. But looking back, um, he provoked a lot of that. He would say things to provoke a reaction. That's what they do. And then they turn it back on you to make you look crazy. He was doing it to my child in middle school. I had no idea what it was then, had no idea what I was dealing with, but the memory comes back and I can see it very clearly today.
0: Okay. Did that therapist have, I mean, you may not know this, did the therapist have any knowledge of covert narcissism? Have no idea because we never went back,
1: never followed up. I mean, just walked away. No, she never called, never followed up. Just, it was, it was dead to us at that point.
0: Okay. And and did your daughter then, uh, and you, you feel free to answer this or not, it's your choice, uh, but did your daughter, uh, was she able to develop trust again with any therapist in her future? Or no, she struggled?
1: still has trouble. She is a college student today and still struggles with that. She did go for a period of time and just didn't connect with the lady. Um, she struggles with some anxiety, depression, some other things. And And I totally get it because in the world of narcissism, if you don't have that therapist that knows what it is, she struggles with mom. If this person has not had anxiety or depression, how can they tell me what to do and how to feel? You know, how can they give me coping mechanisms? And I think in the world of narcissism, it's kind of the same thing. If you get into a therapist that doesn't understand it, you're just kind of in a spiral.
0: Right, right. Okay. And, and so uh, that was with your daughter. What about marriage counseling? Did that path open up to you?
1: We did go to marriage counseling. Um, It was a disaster. Uh, We did it kind of, I wanted to make sure, and I don't think at the time I knew what narcissism was at this point. Um, It was all over the place, but I just didn't have a name for it. Uh, We did go um, kind of as to make sure I had done everything that I could, because our marriage was really struggling, um we went in with the with the counselor, she would give homework, um such as he traveled a lot, he would come in town, him being respectful of my time, he would expect me on Friday or Saturday night. We're going out. No, how about you ask me? you know, be respectful. You know, let's maybe this will rekindle, you know, whatever. Um, But no, never, never followed up with the homework, never to see if he did it. Um, During the time of counseling, she did diagnose him as avoidant, which I had to look up. Basically, he would pull back. Um, I experienced a lot of the silent treatment, but didn't know what that was. It kind of became a joke around the house. But that was part of his avoidant personality. He would pull back and just not, he would come home on Friday from traveling, not speak to anybody and leave on Monday. Uh, That was kind of how our weekends went. Um, But no follow through. Um, He had a porn addiction. And one of the suggestions, I'm sorry, it's funny today. It wasn't funny at the time. One of the suggestions was for me to watch it with him and determine whether it was pornographic or not. Uh, No, thank you. That's not going to happen. The therapist recommended this. Therapist recommended this. Therapist recommended this. Um, Not my bag of tricks. Never has been my bag of tricks. That's okay. But there was an addiction there. And it's like you telling me to drink with an alcoholic. That's not okay. Right. And this led to panic attacks. I'm not normally that kind of person i would have a panic attack before i would go into therapy with her um i wouldn't ride with him uh so i you know i had to pre- mentally prepare on the way and then mentally process when we left but that was that was a huge red flag that's not okay um he traveled a lot um he would ask me a week ahead of time he would you know go out of town to you know great locations. Um, but he'd asked me like a week ahead of time, like he just found out, which was not true. But I I had two kids in high school. I couldn't drop everything. And all he wanted to do was get me in a hotel room and have sex. That's all it was about. Mm-hmm. No, that's and, and that really never got brought up because she didn't want to hear that. She told me I needed to go while I had the chance. What? Mm-hmm. That's not okay either. But you know, I explained, look, I have two kids that were in high school heavily involved in you know, their respective activities. I can't just pick up and leave a week ahead of time. My parents are older. They can't come out and watch the kids just on the drop of a dime, drop of a dime. It yeah. just is not that, that's not okay. But it just, I don't know, thing after thing after thing, I felt like was being, as the narcissist does, turned on me. The whole entire session was being manipulated um, once or twice I was late and he was in there by himself. I didn't think that was okay either, uh, because couples therapy, if you want to talk to us individually, set it up that way, but it was never set up that way. Um, so just several red flags like that, that led to, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And of course now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that was totally wrong. That's not okay i mean there's so many things that went wrong with that scenario that i think i I, and i don't know that anything yes she could have handled some things differently but the one thing at the top of the list was i didn't know i was dealing with a narcissist and apparently she didn't either and this person my ex manipulated both of us uh she should have been a little more aware but that was not the case. Yeah. Now yeah. I have an individual therapist that I've been with for three three years, um, totally gets it. Um, and and it, it's a beautiful thing. Therapy has been fantastic for me by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked through, I've grown, I'm a much stronger person. Um, but finding the right therapist is vital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you do the marriage counseling? Um,
1: Six months, nine months. I mean, it was it was a pretty, pretty big chunk of time every few weeks. So, I mean, there was a lot of sessions there.
0: Okay, And and did it um, did it help give you clarity of what was going on? Did it did it hurt doing the marriage counseling?
1: Did it make things worse? I think it made things worse because nothing got better. Why are we doing this and nothing's changing and nothing's getting better? It was fruitless. Mm -hmm. It was fruitless. There was no point. I mean, it was making me almost to the point of being sick. I mean, because it was, it was messing with my head. It was a a lot causing a lot of stress for me. Uh, It was a mental exercise for me, not in a good way, but, It was nothing in our marriage got better. Uh, He never did the homework. Um, She never followed up. So, a lot of it, there was nothing. And when I served him with divorce papers and we were talking later before I stopped talking to him, uh, we should have continued in marriage counseling. Uh, I looked at him. Of course, I was a lot stronger at that point than I was during the point of therapy. I looked at him and I said, No, we shouldn't have. It didn't work, it did nothing. Mm -hmm. It did nothing. And I was comfortable with that because I had put my cards on the table. I had tried. And therapy should not make it worse for me. Therapy should not hurt. Therapy should make me a stronger person, not a weaker person.
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so now today, where are you uh, in this whole process? Are you um, divorced? Is the the marriage is over?
1: Marriage is over. Papers were signed last March um, in a a much better place. Um, Still working. You know, there's always a few things that that linger um, Mm -hmm. with the divorce. But uh, for the most part, completely done with him, haven't laid eyes on him, spoken to him. He's he's not gone away. I don't want to say that, but he's uh, I've put up a wall and the wall hasn't been broken. So yeah. but I'm with my own therapist and things are going very well with that. Really I've kind of well. graduated out to where I see her about once a month. Um, and I mean, yeah, things are going really well.
0: I'm really glad to hear that. So even your experience with the therapist with your daughter, and the therapist that that was with marriage counseling, you have been able to find a a place where you could open up and and trust with another therapist.
1: Absolutely, and they're out there. It may take a little searching, but they are out there.
0: Yeah. Do You highly do you recommend uh, a therapist who understands covert narcissism?
1: Absolutely. I don't know where I would be. If it weren't for my therapist, it was a partnership. It was definitely a partnership. I was uh, when I filed for divorce, that was a very scary time. Uh, I was in her office once a week, and basically she held my hand through it, and you know, if I needed to reach out, you know I could come in for another session. I mean, it was she was she I, I really don't know where I would be without her support, her understanding. Um, the, the things she gives me to do books, she's recommended, given me to read a lot of them cross over with the things that you have recommended. Um, so it just, it, it's a, it's a great thing when you find the right person and yeah. I I will probably for, uh, stay with her, you know, uh, f- forever's a long time, but, you know, continue to see her because the hurt and the the things that went on during my marriage that's not something that just goes away and it impacts other places in my life that sometimes i don't even realize until i'm triggered mm-hmm. that oh that's what that was mm-hmm. so it's it's helped me to uncover some other things that has have been very helpful and have been very fruitful to move forward in my life and become a much stronger person um and to discover I'm uh, reinventing my life, as a friend of mine says. So she's there for that, too. So it's it's been very helpful, you know, not only with the divorce, with the situation, but with life.
0: Good. Good. So people ask me, you know, how long do I need to be out of a relationship before, you know, out of that marriage before I'm able to get into another one healthy and that kind of thing. And and I tell them often that it's not a matter of time. It, it, people say time heals all wounds, and that's not true. It's not just time, it's effort as well. And I, I hear you saying that, that it's doing the, the exercises, you know, doing the work with a therapist, doing the research. Uh, do you agree? It, it's not just time, it would be time and effort.
1: Yes, I do agree. Um at this point in my life, I'm not interested in another relationship. Um that's not to say that's right or wrong, that's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um I have a lot of things that I want to do and get straight. Uh, I spent almost 25 years in a marriage. Um there's a lot of unpacking to do with that and I just want to take a step back and breathe. And If another relationship is out there, that's great. And if it's not, that's okay, too. I'm personally not looking. I'm not interested. I'm not looking at this time.
0: I understand that. Yeah, I'm four years out, and I'm still not looking. So. (laughs) <laughs> I do understand that. So, so to wrap this up for those people who are listening that, you know, they're they're in the throes of it and struggling to figure out, you know, do I do marriage counseling, do I not? Uh, what does life look like in in the future is there hope? What would you say to someone today who's listening to this podcast?
1: I did marriage counseling almost as a last ditch effort for my marriage. But if you know what you're dealing with, it can be a very slippery slope. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. Uh, approach with caution. If you have a good therapist, that's wonderful. If they understand covert narcissism, even better. But be careful if you're going in and you know what you're dealing with. Be very careful what you say. Be very careful putting all your cards on the table
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they, use what you say to manipulate and turn it back on you. That is what they do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it can be harmful. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally, financially. There's a lot of things that that it can really
0: impact you. Mm -hmm. And they they do it with just enough truth. It's one of the things that covert narcissists are so good at. There's just enough truth in what they say to get back inside of you to kick you back in you're feeling guilty or you're well I could have done that better and then you go down that path of accepting all the responsibility
1: yes a lot of feelings of guilt when we were going through because yeah I could have I'm I'm a, a very sensitive person so I internalize a lot A lot of things that were said, oh, well, yeah, I did do that. I could have done that better, but it was never any responsibility on his part. I was taking, you know, 100% of the responsibility for all the problems in the marriage, and that was not the case. I mean, at least take half of it, but he was never going to even assume a half of a percent. So, again, kind of not a great situation to be in, and you just need to be aware.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so for those who are who are in the midst of all of this, there is hope after narcissism. There is life. Absolutely. Um, I am
1: enjoying every day. Um, There's a piece in my house that has never been here. We've had this house for 20 something years. Um, Just the holidays. We just got through the holidays. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. I have a dog that I absolutely love. Um, she's with me all the time. Uh, she brings me so much joy. Um, but yeah, just I'm living living a great life. I really am. I enjoy doing my own thing. I enjoy um, getting out with friends, uh, reconnecting with people that I didn't even realize I had pulled away from for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, just enjoying the the day to day, getting out. You know, enjoying people that I've missed. So yeah, there's definitely life
0: after narcissism, 100%. Great. And it looks, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Great. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I really, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And I really, truly hope you are hearing those words. There is life after narcissism. There is hope. Out there, there is peace to be found. And there are many good therapists out there. So I I want you to know that keep looking, hunt for those that get it, those that understand covert narcissism. I'm not here to tell you what direction to go in your marriage. I don't know what your future looks like for you. That's a personal decision that only you can make. And I'm not here to try to diagnose your partner. I am here to help you verbalize these things, to be able to put words to what you're feeling and to make sense out of the chaos. So if you need me, reach out to me anytime. My email address is renee, R-E-N-E-E, at C N G lifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I look forward to hearing from you. Reach out to me anytime. I wish you so much peace on this journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at renee, R-E-N-E-E at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C N G as in covert narcissism group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.